and then this is the big adventure area of the side. Yeah. There are high ropes over there. High ropes and the adventure course. And we've got the zip wire just across there. Wicked. So yeah, there's so much to do. And all with the backdrop of Mam Tor and the Peak District. Indeedio. Hello, I'm Liv Bolton and welcome back to The Outdoors Fix, a podcast to inspire you to make adventures outdoors a bigger part of your life. The Outdoors Fix is produced in association with our friends at Ellis Brigham Mountain Sports. So here we are, series five. I hope you're all doing well. It's been fantastic to be back recording outside with my guests again, given how coronavirus forced much of series four indoors. I've been lucky enough to be in the Lake District, the Yorkshire Dales, the Cotswolds, the Peak District and London for this series, finding out how people have changed their lives to get outdoors more. For the first episode of this series, I travelled to the Holliford Centre in Castleton in the Peak District to meet Rena Yassin. She's an outdoors instructor and youth and community worker who spends many of her days leading city-based teenagers on hikes, climbs and canoe trips, giving them fantastic outdoors experiences and adventures they wouldn't normally get. I hope you enjoyed this episode and her story. And don't forget to listen out for Renna's outdoors tips and the sounds of nature at the end of the podcast. So here's Renna. Renna, hello. Thank you so much for coming on the Outdoors Fix podcast. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Not at all. We are in the Peak District Indeed. at the Holliford Centre, which is an outdoor activity centre. Mm-hmm. Can you describe to me where we are and also why this place is special for you? Yeah, so we are currently sat on the challenge course, just by the tyres, which is we great. Are. <laughs> so, I mean, this challenge course, we bring young people here, well, pre-corona, we bring young people here every day pretty much on this course which ranges from like the tunnels to climbing got rope ladders there yeah the seesaw we've got the tires that young people have to help each other get through and we do races and all sorts and so for me this is a really special part of the holliford center because i think the main thing is that young people help each other a lot on here and i think you just bring out it brings out a really competitive side of young people and today the weather is beautiful it is. so i'm really happy to be sat here <laughs> so what it is the holliford center is kind of sat in the bowl near castleton in the peak district and so we've got you know loose hill and mam tour around us and then this part of the activity course is just got the most beautiful backdrop yeah and you know what sometimes when i come here i just think how lucky am i to have this as my office when you can see mam tour in the back and actually what's great is when you've got young people on the challenge course and you point to them and you show them, that's mam tour we're going up that in the afternoon <laughs> or we're going up that tomorrow and they're like what all the way up there and then you go up mam tour and you and I said, see, this is where, where we're pointing to yesterday. Yeah. And they're like, oh my gosh, Renna, that's so cool. So yeah, I love the fact that I can see all, all of that and the ridge in the background. It's just, it's beautiful. Absolutely. So Renna, you are a outdoors instructor, a youth and community worker in Greater Manchester. Mm-hmm. And this Holliford Centre is where you bring lots of your kids who go to the youth club in Ashton 
for their outdoor activity days. Yes, indeed. Tell me what your job actually involves and how often you're here. Yeah, so I am, like you mentioned, I'm a youth and community worker and an outdoor instructor for Lindley Educational Trust. Now, Lindley's a 55-year-old outdoor charity, which is based here in Castleton in the Peak District, which is amazing. And Lindley have got two urban youth projects. So one is Ashton and then the other one is Pittsmore Sheffield. We bring young people here all the time. 25% of my time is based here, and the rest of of my time is based in Ashton, uh, heading up the youth project. It's like our second home for a lot of young people in Ashton. We bring young people here quite a few times throughout the year. We bring them on residentials, we bring them on activity days. Um, And even if we just come in here to get kit from the kit store, and then we go off site, so we might take them um, climbing or caving or wow. whatever it might be, canoeing. But we come here to pick the kit up and then we can go off site, which is fab. What ages are the young people? And so they mostly live in Ashton under Line in yeah. Greater Manchester. Yeah. What yeah. ages, what backgrounds? So 13 to 19 is our, is our primary age range. So we're based in West End in Ashton under Line, which is predominantly South Asian. So you've got mainly Pakistani, Bangladeshi some Indian and then we have a small portion of black people and Polish people in West End but most of the young people that attend our youth club just just happens to be that they come from South Asian background which I suppose is great in a way because I come from that background I'm come from a Pakistani background myself so a lot of young people like language isn't a barrier for me or them because I can speak to them in their language if they need or I can speak to parents in our language because a lot of the time that's what you need I need to do is I don't just work with young people I work with their parents and the wider families. I want to talk about uh, a typical day for you and all about your job in a bit yeah but I want to go back a bit mm-hmm. when you were younger where did you grow up and you know what were you like when you were younger? Hmm, stroppy <laughs> one, <laughs> one word stroppy no so I grew up it was quite a sheltered upbringing I think so you know I was born in Ashton and my outdoor experience as a child was we'd play on the streets till the street lamps came on and we knew that was time to come in and you know we'd play on our scooters and we'd play with the neighbours and you know that's that was my childhood which was amazing but it was never countryside it was never climbing it was never any of that stuff that I do now and you know the years went by and I actually went to a boarding school in my teenage Mm. years so you know I didn't really get the teenage experience that not like you would get generally so then I came back and I think well I don't don't think I know I was very stroppy had I had a bad attitude and a potty mouth and I'm much better at controlling it now but I can't you know I found out about a local youth club that was in St Peter's and it was called St Peter's Youth and some of my friends um, said, oh, Renna, come, let's go to Youthy tonight. And I was like, mm, definitely not. Mm. <laughs> Why would I do that? <laughs> like, I was like 16. So I just thought, no, that's definitely not for me. I'm a bit too old, I think. Um, so I just thought, no, I'll leave it. And then I saw Adnan, who was the youth worker. And I seen him once and he was just like, oh, Renna, do you know about the youth club? And I was like, yeah, I've heard, for, I've heard about it from a few few people. Because like I said, Ashton's really small. Everyone knows mm. each other. So they were like, oh, yeah. I said, yeah, you know, I've heard about it. But um, I don't think it's for me. And do you know what? He used to text me every day. Wow. Come to youth club, come to youth club, come to youth club. And it was a seven night a week provision at that time. So, you know, there's loads of funding that was pumped into Ashton. And the youth project was amazing. So eventually I thought, do you know what? I'll go. Yeah. So when, and it was freaking amazing, <laughs> honestly, they had, oh, I've not, it was such a unique youth club, so they did 
climbing trips every week. Wow. We used to do weekly climbing trips to the outdoor centre, Manchester Climbing Centre. We, they did all sorts, they did camping, they did, you know, um, climbing, canoeing, all of that stuff that we do now, they did it back then. And I was just like, what kind of youth club is this? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so I attended that youth club and I attended all the outdoor stuff. And that was like my first exposure to the outdoors when I was 16, basically, 10 years ago. Well, 11 now. So you'd have gone to this youth club not really knowing what to expect. No. And then you got to do all of these amazing outdoor activities. Yeah. But your first time in the yeah. outdoors and maybe going hiking or something, yeah. did, did you kind of get addicted to it straight away? Did you love it or, or was it... Hell no. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So the first walking experience in the countryside was an opportunity arose to go to Tubcal, right? So in to, Morocco? In Morocco to wow. climb the highest Atlas mountain. And me and my friends were proper hyped about it. We were like, let's apply for it. So there was an interview process and everything, which was fab. We was like, yeah, let's do this, let's do this. So obviously we had to do some physical training as well. Yeah. We got picked, me and there was like six other others. Pretty much, there was pretty much all from the same background as myself. And so our first, well, my first countryside walk was a little walk in a place called Dovestones, which is not far from where I am. It's about half an hour, I'd say. It's basically a really small hill, yeah. <laughs> honestly. And um, I really struggled. I really struggled. I had centre boots on, so my boots rubbed against the back of my feet. I got mm. blisters. I that hated it. I was hot, I was cold, I was moaning. I swore, you know, like I talked about, you know, bad attitude. And I swore at Adnan, who was my youth worker, all the way up. And I'm not proud of that. I, and I do apologise to him all the time. So sorry, that wasn't me. It was just emotions talking. And, you know, I got to the top of Dove Stones and I threw my boots at him. Yeah. Wow. I said to him, I'm not coming to Morocco. I said to the rest of the group, you know, I love you all. You're my mates. You look carry on. I'm not coming to Morocco. I don't think. And I, I remember saying, I don't think my Pakistani body is made for these hills. And then actually thinking about it now, that was like the worst thing I could have said because actually my Pakistani body is definitely made to do stuff <laughs> like this. I just hated it, to be honest. But do you know what? It was, I was well out of my depth. I was well out of my comfort zone. I'd never been up a hill before. Never had walking boots on my feet before. So um, Adnan used his reverse psychology on me and he was like, do you know, I completely get it. If you don't want to come to Morocco, just put your boots on. Let's get back down. Ring me in a couple of days. If you don't want to come to Morocco, it's fine. So I said, all right, fine. Well, I'm not coming in here, I told you. <laughs> so anyway, I got my boots back on reluctantly. I couldn't get back to the car park fast enough, to be honest. How did you change your mind? I don't know. <laughs> I rang him the next day. I go, so where are we going next? He was like, hey, what do you mean? I thought, I, thought, I thought you didn't want to. I mean, the only way I can describe it is something clicked in my head and in my heart. And I just thought, actually, that was pretty cool. That's like, so interesting, isn't it? How at the time you're like, this is the worst thing ever. And then it just feels amazing. It's a thing, isn't it, called type two fun, I think, yeah, I think where so. at the time it's just it's terrible. Dreadful. And then actually you reflect on it and you think that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I don't know if it was because maybe we were the only, you know, people from my background that I saw up on the hills, or was it the fact that I struggled so much but I still did it and I, it was a sense of achievement and pride and all that. But I don't know, I think it was probably a combination of so many different factors that and Adnan says to me that it's because my friends were definitely going to Morocco. So it was that peer thing, you know. Mm. I thought if my friends are going, I definitely want to go. Yeah. So it could have been a bit of that as well. So this youth club and it, the outdoors activities that it offered you, you got to go to Morocco. I mean, that is extraordinary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to think that my first experiences in the outdoors, yeah, I did these walks, we did camping, we went to Snowdon, we did all that in prep to go to Morocco. 
and that was like super cool. we we stayed there for two weeks we met some amazing people we ate some amazing food until date that was like probably the best experience of my life to be honest with you know people who come from the same background as me same you know same experiences same culture as me and we did this amazing thing and i'd never ever heard of people like me doing stuff like that to be honest but she didn't know that a world like this existed to be honest what impact did it have on you as a child then i mean as a teenager i don't know i think it it was you know like a new world it was like new horizons looking at it from a, the world from a different perspective like my family some of my family think i'm so strange honestly um and the fact that i then started saying can we go climbing mm. when's the next trip when's this when's that i think i don't know it was just different perspectives i think that's a big one for me so you were obviously at that youth club yeah. all throughout your teenage yeah. years but, and now, where you're at now, is you're working, basically doing what Adnan was doing yeah. for you. Yeah, so I came to the youth club, we went to Morocco, we did all this amazing stuff, and then austerity hit. So the funding cut and um, St. Peter's Youth no longer existed. They had to shut down an amazing youth project, oh. which impacted thousands and thousands of young people, to be honest, over the years, because that youth club was on was in Ashton for 13 years wow. and they had to shut down they didn't have funding to keep going so I mean there was a direct link between antisocial behavior and you know crime and the youth club shutting so Lindley came to Adnan at that point and said here's a little bit of funding go and pilot a project so the Monday night youth club started so me Nayab Akib all these all of us guys who went to Morocco or used to attend the youth project started volunteering at this Monday night session mm eventually i did start getting paid on the monday night and then i started volunteering so then we ended up doing three nights so it was the monday night youth club a wednesday which was like an outdoor pursuit session and then a friday which is a football so i volunteered on all of the sessions and i started getting paid on all the sessions then we started doing family residentials and weekend activity and and basically i attended all of the sessions and i just used to put myself forward for everything really and then i got basically offered a full-time position from lindley three years ago yeah. so essentially for nearly three years now I've been managing Ashton Youth Club I mean that is so cool what a story that you you know basically the youth club that you were at yourself you now run yeah. run the activities and help the kids yeah. that's awesome I know and I think for me because I know how much of an impact it's had on my life till date I, that's why it's so much spe- so much more special for me because I am now facil- facilitating these experiences for other young people just like me and what do you think the young people who come on some of the residentials or even just the kind of Wednesday night outdoor activities, what do they say, what impact does it have on them? What do they say, what do they tell you? Again, I think it's that changing perspectives. You know, a lot of young people don't go out of Ashton, like I mentioned, and, you know, just broadening horizons and taking them. You know, we work with a lot of young people. So the Wednesday night outdoor pursuit session, we work with a group of young people, so up to 15, let's say lads and girls we work them for a year so we'll take them camping we'll take them canoeing climbing team building all sorts of stuff fundraising six thousand pounds and then we take them on a winter skills expedition to the cairngorms in february half term 
So, and that happened, that's happened for the last, well, I went nine years ago and it's, I've been every year since. So they go for a week and do you, what do you do? What kind of activities are So we do there? winter climbing, so they have crampons, ice axes, uh, we'll do, we'll walk up Cairngorm, depending on the weather, because in recent years we've not had that much snow. Mm. Uh, we'll take them coastal climbing, uh, we'll take them mountain biking, we do all sorts. Do you know what? It's just absolutely phenomenal. For a lot of young people, they've never moved, they've never lived away from home for that long. Staying away with friends, away from family, cooking for themselves because the cooking that's just as part that's just as much as part of their journey for them. So they'll cook, and a lot of them have not cooked them before. So we'll teach them, we'll talk them through it. They'll do, do the salads and the cooking and the cleaning and making sure their bags are packed, ready for the next day, and the kit's dried in the drying room so that you know they become self-sufficient. And we're not having to say, "Is your kit dry? Where are you where are you walking shoes? Where are your gaiters?" You know. They have to, so we work with them for a year, so they've become much more, you know, efficient and all that stuff. So, so they learn so many life skills yeah, through and all those activities. For me, it's not just the outdoors. It's not just the outdoor skills. It's not just the winter climbing. It's the social skills. It's the communication skills. It's the, you know, being, you know, the self-awareness and the resilience. And so I think they just learn so much, so much. So when i have like last year i had a lad say to me which other 15 year old asian lad can say that he's climbed up cairngorm and for me i was just like nearly crying to be honest honestly yeah it's it's young people that come to me and say you know thank you for this and you know i've been able to get a job now because of everything that i wrote on my cv about everything i've done with ashton youth club for me that's what it's about and do you think that seeing you in the position that you are in do you think Mm. that inspires people I think so because Adnan inspired me and when young people say to me now you know thank you Renna and are you getting paid to do this can I get paid to do it and now this summer we're employing five young people to like shadow and support us on our summer program that's what it's about Mm. and I think when they see someone else South Asian she's a Muslim she's a female she's come across so many barriers and she's gotten this far, I think that does have a big impact, especially for me, the females. I love working with the females because I feel like as women, we face so many more barriers, especially in my culture, I found in my experience. So when they can, when young ladies can see, oh, you know, Renna's done this, why can't I? So you've got qualifications. Mm-hmm. Talk me through them. Yeah, so I've got a degree in education. So I've got a BA in education, which obviously allows me to do all the youth work that I do anyway. And then in terms of outdoors, so I am a forest school practitioner. So I, you know, do the bushcrafty stuff for young people. Um, I have my mountain leader training and climbing training. So um, CWI training, which hopefully I was supposed to, I was aiming to get them this year, but obviously Corona got in the way like she does. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why I've called her a female. Anyway, <laughs> but the assessment you've had to put Yeah. So I'm hoping next year, by next year, I'll have you know i'm working towards my ml and my climbing mm. um, and then i will look to do my rock climbing instructor as well next, hopefully after my climbing will, and do yeah. you have to do like first aid qualifications well we, I, all of our youth workers have their outdoor qualifications um, outdoor first aid so it's a two-day first aid course yeah um so we all have that anyway so yeah brilliant to have all these things that you can learn and get qualifications yeah, definitely in. and i just think that in the future you know, I will always have these skills. So even if I want to take my family, for example, or whatever, I've got the skills to be able to take them, um, even away from work. I've got these skills so I can, you know, become self-efficient and do things for myself. And you know, and I just think that's what it's, that's what it's about. So you do, when you get when you go from a point of 
doing this for fun and leisure and then you really develop a passion in it and then you go to your qualifications it's like you know the full cycle i think so what about kit i mean kit is often quite uh, a barrier i mean it's so expensive outdoors kit. Oh my god! So here, I know that you have loads of kit that you hire out. Obviously, that, that's available for whoever stays here. Yeah. Um, you've got a whole room of countless <laughs> kugels, waterproofs, walking boots, yeah, helmets. That's yeah. awesome. Um, is that? Have you found that's been kind of a barrier for lots of the kids who come here? Yeah, definitely. Like we're, I always say, you know, like we're based in St Peter's Ward, which is actually the top five percent deprived wards in the UK. So poverty antisocial behavior crime all these things are really high so if young people are so engaged in other things or you know are just about going to school where are they going to get kit from where are the parents going to get kit from so you know that was a really difficult thing for us in the start but actually um we're sponsored by sprayway so we get kit given by sprayway every year Great. so we get given stuff from waterproofs to gaiters hats gloves everything which is just phenomenal because kit's not a barrier now yeah uh, like you say it's so expensive so people automatically think if i've not got the kit i can't do the outdoors which actually i agree with to some extent because i remember my first experience my boots didn't fit me properly so that impacted my experience yeah, it puts you off when it does blisters. put you off yeah. if you've not got clothes to keep you warm and to keep you dry and to not give you blisters you know it puts you off and it doesn't i think it doesn't give you um, the best experience in my opinion um so the fact that we were given that we have this amazing partnership with sprayway and we've had this for four years nearly um so i always say uh, you know our young people might be might come from a disadvantaged background but when we go to scotland we're fully kitted out and we look the part so it's amazing you know we've got these waterproofs and the jackets and the insulation and it's amazing so we're really really fortunate for that and i'm grateful for that as well so we don't have thankfully now it's not a barrier for us what is do you think the best part of your job oh my god that is such a hard question <laughs> i don't know you know i think it's just the fact that i'm able to give these opportunities to young people who wouldn't get the opportunity otherwise that is it I can take young people climbing, I can take young people walking, I take young people to Scotland every year. For me, it's not even a job, that is just a passion. And the fact that young people say to me, you know, thank you, Renna, I didn't think I'd get this opportunity. And, you know, we work with refugees and they come, had only been in this country for eight months and then we took her to Scotland last wow. year. And she was like in tears, just the fact that I am able to facilitate these opportunities, for me, that is the best thing. And then controversially, what there must be some hard parts of the job. Ugh. I mean, surely there are some teenagers who really give you a pretty hard time. Yeah, antisocial behaviour is quite a big one with a lot of the young people I work with, to be honest. But that's not the hard bit for me because I love working with those young people. It's admin. Admin <laughs> yes. is the hard bit. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Consent forms and planning and all that stuff. For me, that's probably the boring stuff. But actually working with teenagers that are you know display challenging behavior for me that's just part of the fun yeah. <laughs> and the fact that I can relate to them because trust me I was there <laughs> uh, so do you know what yeah that's actually really lovely though that you can say to them on that personal level I know what you're going through yeah. I've been there yeah so when young people like they might swear at me here or there or you know I've never had anyone throw boots at me just yet but <laughs> Adnan says I've got that coming 
He says, oh, one gosh. day someone's going to throw boots at you like you threw boots at me. But um, empathy and relatability for me, they're the two main things, that, the two main traits that I have helped me through this job for the last three years. I can relate to a young person when they're struggling up a hill. I can relate to a young person and I know when, take your boots off, let's put plasters on before you get blisters. You know, Definitely. and that positive mindset, you know, you've got this, I promise you you've got this. And then I tell them my story and they go, what? You struggled up this hill as well. I go, yeah. And then we're linking arms up, we go up this hill, skipping up because actually Ren has been through this. She knows she gets it. We're all human, you know, and when young people see that, oh, actually she's not this person that thinks she knows it all and she's not this outdoor instructor that thinks she knows it all because I definitely don't and actually I can tell young people my own experiences and how much I struggle and still struggle till day till this day yeah I think young people get that and I get them <laughs> the outdoors is obviously a massive part of your career now yeah in your personal life how do you enjoy the outdoors what are your favorite things to do I love walking to be honest um, and I love climbing they're my two I love them um, so you know, I'll go. We'll go to North Wales with my friends quite often, or we'll go to Peak, the Peak District's right on our doorstep. It's an hour away. So, um, and climbing. We, you know, we've got Stanage, we've got Bamford, we've got all these places right. Hathersage right on our doorstep, which is amazing for climbing. Um, and we've got a really local crag as well, which is called Hobson Moor, which is 20 minutes away from me. Great. So, climbing and walking, they're probably my two main faves. I saw that you did. Crib got oh my gosh on Snowden the other day <laughs> yeah was that one of your outdoors goals yeah it was because we attempted it five years ago and the weather was horrendous it was so windy and of course maybe there, there it was like a combination between weather and our ab own abilities and confidence our confidence and stuff and we were just like you know what maybe we'll turn around and attempt it another time and it's always something I've thought about over the years and thought oh I need to go do quick gawk and then you know life gets in the way a bit doesn't it and you just get busy and work and everything so finally I did it last week oh Great. my gosh it was amazing I mean it was a 4am start yeah. <laughs> but it was well worth it but the scramble but, up Crip Gok is pretty hairy. How did you find it? Honestly, I was so scared at a few points, a couple of points, but, and then at other points, I was like literally skipping across. It was fine. It was a mental game for me more than a physical game because I know physically I am capable to do Crip Gok, you know. I've been doing it for a few years now to know what I'm capable of doing physically, but mentally, that's what it was. Telling myself, Renna, the fears in your head let it go you're mm. fine you're safe you know you can do this you, you can trust your feet enough to know you're not going to fall fingers crossed and obviously when it was windy i just crouched down so you know <laughs> i was all right but um yeah it was a, it's a mental game i think we've got as soon as you tell yourself you can do it you can do it so what impact do you want to have on your community and the outdoors community i think i want a long-term change in the outdoor industry i think that's a bold that's quite bold for one person to say but the reason why I say that is because there's not as much diversity in the outdoors as, as we would like. Please don't say the countryside is inclusive because we know that there's yeah. so many barriers and, you know, we just got to plod, plod on and, you know, make small changes because they of the small changes lead to long-term sustainability and changes, in my opinion. I mean, I remember when we went to Scotland a few years ago and we always end our Scotland trip with uh, a meal out. 
there's a few uh, choices that young people can pick where they want to eat out so you know there's an all-you-can-eat Italian buffet or there's a curry house I'm like please not the curry house again <laughs> I'm going home tomorrow I'll have curry then <laughs> but um, so they tend to pick the Italian because they can eat all they want and they have like pizza eating contests and all oh that <laughs> crazy stuff but a few years ago um, you know we have the biggest table there because there's so many of us and you know staff and young people and all that and one of the lads said to me oh Renna why is everyone staring at us and I turned around and they, we did have a few stares and I was like well why do you think and they go what is it because we're Asian I said well probably I said you're probably the only Asians they've seen all year I'm probably the only Asians they've seen since we bought the last group last year to be honest so do you know what it's all right smile carry on eating your food because I find it empowering that we might be a minority here, but at least we're doing it. So yeah, the changes need to happen. It needs to be more common to see people of color in the outdoors um, and not have the stares and the glares and the comments and just be more welcoming. Definitely. Mm. So if you could sum up what the outdoors means to you, yeah, how would you do that? I think it's a safe haven and it's like a form of it's like a form of medicine <laughs> if that makes sense it's it's just a place where you can get away and actually just be free to be honest you know we get so wrapped up in daily life um so for me it's just yeah it's just freedom i think and when you look back at your younger self and if you hadn't gone to that youth club Renna, yeah what do you think? I wouldn't be here today. I would not be here today. I know it might sound like a bold statement, but I wouldn't be, to be honest, because that is when I was 16 years old and I heard, I heard about climbing walls. Before I was 16, I didn't know climbing walls existed. Sounds sad, but that's the truth. I didn't know about the Peak District. I didn't know about the Lake District. I, you know, I knew about the local parks, but that was it. So if it wasn't for um, St. Peter's Youth, I wouldn't be here right now. That's the truth. Renna, who are the three people who have inspired your outdoors adventures and, and why? Mm -hmm. So, first one's easy, Adnan. Adnan Zaman. He's going to love it when he hears his name on here. And so he was the original youth worker that encouraged you to join the one back where you grew up. He was. And you know what? He stuck by me when I was that annoying, mouthy teenager. And he didn't give up on me, to be honest. And he invested time in me, to be honest. And he still does till this day, you know, helping me get my qualifications and stuff. And he has been the biggest male role model in my life, to be honest. And so I will forever be grateful for him. And, and it's because of him that I am in this position today. So, yeah. Awesome guy. But he's an awesome guy. <laughs> so how about the second person who's inspired your outdoors adventures? It's got to be my mum, because not so much inspired the outdoor side, because obviously my mum doesn't like the outdoors, but she has given me the freedom and encouragement to go and carry on and find this passion. Because I always say, I didn't always have this passion. I wasn't born doing this, you know, a lot of... I see when we go at Mam Tour, I see children parents holding their children like slings and stuff going up that's exposure from birth isn't it really i didn't have that but actually my mum gave me the encouragement that i needed to be able to find this passion and to get out of that stroppy teenager phase and 
you know, go and experience things. And still till this day, you know, she's always pushing me and always telling me, right, Brenda, get your ML now. How many times do I have to say this to you? Go get your ML. And That's she's fantastic. always pushing me. And um, I always, you know, considering she had a really tough childhood and she had a tough, you know, she got married when she was young and she didn't really get to experience all these things. And the fact that now I can do it and I can take her on these experiences and you know now she I don't know if I mentioned this but she's a self-taught musician now so she gets about with a guitar on her back and she's really like controversial in our community but I love her for that and I think it's because of her I am who I am do you know and I can experience all this stuff because she's always pushing me and motivating me so definitely Sari Yassine awesome (laughs) how about your third person I don't know if it's a person I think it's a people Mm-hmm. And I think it's the young people I work with, to be honest, because, again, if it wasn't for them and being able to facilitate it for them, I wouldn't be a youth worker and I wouldn't be an outdoor instructor and I wouldn't have this opportunity to give to young people. So, and, you know, the comments and the, the joy in the faces and when I see them in Scotland and I see them, you know, in the Peak District and the lakes and all that and the joy and the happiness that I see that they've got from this amazing opportunity i just i just it's so worthwhile the stories the conversations that i have and young people telling me that you know they have tough lives at home and the parents don't always get it and as a youth worker that's one thing as an outdoor instructor that's another thing so you know i always say anyone can be an outdoor instructor but it takes a certain set of skills to be a youth worker and be able to really relate to young people and when you can combine the two you smashed it <laughs> so but young people for me they're in, they inspire me daily and when young people say to me go on Renny smashing it since I put my in, my Instagram in public <laughs> that's what one of the lads said to me I was like yay I love it that's what makes it worthwhile so yeah young people tips then Renna. If anyone else would like to work with young people in the outdoors, what advice would you give them? Just get loads of experience, get as much experience as you can working with different young people from different backgrounds and not just like the really well-to-do young people or young people that have already had it, you know, but to work with a range of young people. I think having a youth work background is so useful when working in the outdoors because you can relate to young people much better and I think that the engagement and you know just listening and the respect is it's just there. If there are young people out there from places like Ashton Underline who are not involved in your youth work but are really interested in getting into the outdoors yeah. what tips would you have for them? Come to Ashton Youth Club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Message me there's loads of young people that do and I guarantee you they'll know some some young people that do attend youth clubs so get in touch and you know a lot of the stuff that we've been doing especially throughout corona is exploring locally so we've been doing really low level walks exploring the local area it doesn't have to be high-end stuff that's really scary and daunting explore local because there's lots of green spaces in ashton that a lot of families don't know about a lot of people don't know about them so that's what one of the tips that i would say is explore locally and don't be afraid to ask how you can get involved and where to start 
I think, especially from my background, so coming from a South Asian background, I think don't be afraid. That's a big tip. Like a lot is daunting, like <laughs> map reading, knowing what to have, where to go, where to start. It's just so much that you got to think about. But I think don't be afraid. And I think ask people. There's lots of people out there who have got experience who don't mind helping. Ask these people. Um, and that's the best place to start isn't it and just get out there like i see so many families now especially throughout lockdown going to the local green spaces going to like dove stones like i mentioned coming to the peat district and having picnics and i know it's not always you know maybe in the right manner you know i know a lot of people have been having barbecues and all that crazy stuff but i think for me the fact that they are actually engaging and coming out to the countryside for me that's that's all that matters the education piece can come after that. But it's a wider piece of work, isn't it? I hear a lot of why don't we see people from BAME backgrounds in the outdoors? And then on the contrary to that, I hear, oh, a lot of people from BAME backgrounds are coming out, littering, having barbecues, and all that stuff. Because I've heard a lot of that recently. These, they're coming out, they're exploring, because this is very much their countryside as well as anyone else's. So it's fine. I think it's a wider piece of work that needs to be done. Because then, yeah, the en engagement is the first part. And then the education piece has to be done as well. So educating people about the countryside code of conduct and educating them around what's acceptable, what's acceptable behavior mm. and what's not, and all that stuff and what to do and what not to do and close the gates behind you and doing all that stuff. But if you've never come to the countryside before, why are you gonna know these things? Because I didn't know them 10 years ago, to be honest. So do you know what I mean? Rena, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been so interesting to talk to you and what an opportunity to come and see this outdoor centre in the Peak District. So yeah. thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure and I'm so glad you get to, you got to come see Holloford because it's I love it. I know. Um, it's so cool and I honestly really want to go on those rope ladders and on that massive high wire and the zip wire. Should we go do it now? That would be so much fun. Let's go do it now. <laughs> but no, thank you for having me. Uh, it means a lot on this podcast so thank you so much thank you for listening to Renna's episode I had such a lovely time making it you can see photos of Renna's outdoors adventures and our recording on the Outdoors Fix website or on Instagram at the Outdoors Fix you'll also find her on Instagram at outdoors underscore with underscore Renna if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to subscribe to make sure you get all the episodes when they come out. And it would be brilliant if you could tell your friends and family about it to help spread the word. Now, it's that time to take a short moment to relax and listen to some nature sounds. This time it's birdsong from the gardens of Wadston Manor in Buckinghamshire. I hope you enjoy it.
The Outdoors Fix is proudly supported by Ellis Brigham Mountain Sports, stores nationwide and online, offering everything you need to equip you for the best outdoors experience.